Good morning. Welcome to Crestview Inspiration, a ministry of encouragement from Crestview Baptist Church in Canton, North Carolina. We want to share with you sweet songs of worship and an uplifting word from the scriptures. While you listen, may the spirit of grace flow from heaven into your heart and home, right where you are. To soften my heart and break me apart, I need you to open my eyes, to see that you're shaping my life. Trust what you say That you're good And your love is great I'm broken inside I give you my life I need you to soften my heart and break me apart I need you to pierce through the dark and cleanse every part of me all I am I serve To trust what you say that you're good and your love is great. I'm broken inside, I give you my life.
So soften my heart and break me apart. I need you to open my eyes to see that you're shaping my life. Good morning, everyone. This is Pastor Mark Page from Crestview. The next song that we're going to sing is an original song that I wrote in correspondence to Pastor Dan's series on Daniel. Thank you so much for listening. This song is called The Fire. I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt in the form of the fourth man is like the Son of God. The road is weary, the way is steep. Sometimes the lions come after me. And standing here at the edge of the fire, Fear tries to bind my heart to be paralyzed But I'll walk through the fire Cause I know you're there There is no furnace that's too hot to bear When the heat rises That tested my faith I've walked through dark valleys Just clinging to grace And I have a Savior Who calls me His own And every kingdom one day Will bow to His throne So I'll walk through the fire church will prevail for there on a tree jesus was slain we were redeemed when our god overcame and he rose again with triumph and power his spirit's in us this very hour so here in the fire or there in the rain our god is with us 
lift up his name I'll walk through the fire Cause I know you're there There is no furnace That's too hot to bear When the heat arises I won't be alone I walk through the fire I'm so glad to be with you again this morning. We're continuing our study in the book of Daniel, and I'm so thankful to our musicians as they provide this beautiful worship music. As we go through the fire, we can look to God, and this lesson today is on the familiar story of Daniel in the lion's den. So I want to invite you every week to grab your word if you can. Uh, if you're just listening, just listen to the scripture. We're in Daniel chapter 6. The Bible says, it pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be over the whole kingdom. And over these, three governors of whom Daniel was one, that the satraps might give account to them so that the king would suffer no loss. That means he would lose no tax revenues. Then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. So the governors and satraps sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom. But they could find no charge or fault because he was faithful. Nor was there any error or fault found in him. Then these men said, We shall not find any charge against this Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. So these governors and satraps thronged before the king and said thus to him, King Darius, live forever. All the governors of the kingdom, the administrators and satraps, the counselors and advisors have consulted together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whoever petitions any god or man for 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which does not alter. Therefore, King Darius signed the written decree. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home. And in his upper room, with his windows open toward Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as was his custom since early days. Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. And they went before the king and spoke concerning the king's decree. Have you not signed a decree that every man who petitions any god or man within 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered and said, The thing is true according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which does not alter. So they answered and said before the king, that Daniel, who is one of the captives from Judah, 
does not show due regard for you, O king, or for the decree that you have signed, but makes his petition three times a day. And the king, when he heard these words, was greatly displeased with himself and set his heart on Daniel to deliver him. And he labored until the going down of the sun to deliver him. Then these men approached the king and said to the king, Know, O king, that it is the law of the Medes and Persians that no decree or statute which the king establishes may be changed. So the king gave the command, and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. But the king spoke, saying to Daniel, Your God, whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. Then a stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the signets of his lords that the purpose concerning Daniel might not be changed. Now the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting, and no musicians were brought before him. All his sleep went from him. Then the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste to the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried out with a lamenting voice to Daniel. The king spoke, saying to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you serve continually been able to deliver you from the lions? Then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouths, so that they have not hurt me because I was found innocent before him. And also, O king, I have done no wrong before you. Now the king was exceedingly glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no injury whatever was found on him because he believed in his God. And the king gave the command, and they brought those men who had accused Daniel, and they cast them into the den of lions. Them, their children, and their wives, and the lions overpowered them and broke all their bones in pieces before they ever came to the bottom of the den. Then King Darius wrote to all peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, Peace be multiplied to you. I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom men must tremble and fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God and steadfast forever. His kingdom is the one which shall not be destroyed and his dominion shall endure to the end. He delivers and rescues and he works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. Who has delivered Daniel from the power of the lions? So this Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. Beloved, I want to speak to you this morning about the big faith test. God allows big faith tests in our lives. How do we pass the big faith tests in our lives? I want to give you six ways. Daniel serves as an example of how we can pass the faith tests in our own lives. Number one, we need to be prepared for the big faith test. Daniel had been prepared for the big test. You see, he's an old man, and he was a faithful servant of God in Babylon. He inspires us to go through whatever tests we may face in order to be found faithful in the end. Uh, in this story, the aged governor Daniel has a place of authority in the Medo-Persian Empire just as he did in the Babylonian Empire. He had been faithful through all the years. He was over 80 years old, and yet he had done what God wanted him to, and he had served the king faithful, and he had served the king of kings. And all the trials and tests that Daniel had experienced in his eight decades of life, had prepared him for the big faith test of the lions. As a teenage young man in Daniel chapter 1, he stood strong against the temptation 
and even the command of the king to eat and drink the forbidden foods of Babylon. And he passed that test. In chapter 2, when his life was in danger, God allowed Daniel to pray and seek supernatural wisdom to interpret the king's dream. And he passed that test. In chapter 3, you see the three Hebrew young men, Daniel's close friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who were also tested, who went through the fiery furnace of testing and came out without even a hair singed or nor clothes being touched by the smell of smoke. We see that they passed the test. And Daniel passed the test in chapter 4 in Nebuchadnezzar's second dream. And then in chapter 5, we see the aged Daniel in the court of Belshazzar, who's the grandson of Nebuchadnezzar, and the arrogance of the young king Daniel had interpreted the message on the wall, the handwriting on the wall. He was faithful. He had passed through all these tests, and he had never failed the Lord, and he had faith had grown. He had grown in his faith, and he had found God faithful no matter what. It reminds me of Abraham in Genesis. Abraham, when God called him to go out of a land, he didn't even know where he was going. He went into the land of Canaan, and there Abraham faced numerous tests, and he passed the tests one after another when he faced off with the five kings, when he faced the impossible circumstance of an infertile wife who couldn't bear a child, God prevailed for him. And finally, the big faith test was in chapter 22 when God told him to kill his own son. And he took his son, Isaac, who was about 13 years old, his only son of promise, and he walked up that mountain, Mount Moriah, Without hesitation, he gathered the wood, he gathered his servants, he gathered the fire, and his only son, and he went up on the mountain to do what God told him to do. And when he got up there, he tied his son on the altar, and he took the knife and raised it up to kill his only son when God sent an angel and stopped him. He grabbed his arm and said, Now I know that you're faithful. He passed the big test of faith. Beloved, whatever God may bring you to, he will always bring you through. He will ask no more than you can give, but you have to go through the faith test to pass it. And you have to become prepared in order to pass through the testing of God. Are you prepared for the faith tests of God in your life? Daniel had prepared and found God to be faithful. Number two, we need to live a life that is above reproach. Daniel lived a life above reproach. In this fascinating story, the other two governors and 120 satraps got jealous of Daniel. The Bible says, Then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king gave thought to setting him above the whole realm. In other words, they realized that the king was about to make him the prime minister and they got jealous. They also didn't like the fact that he was a Jew and they didn't want him ruling over them as a governor. And then they didn't like the fact that the king was going to make him the prime minister. So their jealousy caused them to launch a secret attack on Daniel. And they even lied and told the king that all of them had agreed together. Well, they hadn't all agreed together. Daniel had not agreed. He would never compromise his faith in God or his service to the living God. So they lied to the king. But Daniel lived a life that was above reproach. And so my question to you is your life above reproach? Are you like Daniel? where they could find nothing to blame him. Do you live a life that's blameless, not sinless? We're all sinners, 
but blameless. Is your conscience clean? Do you have a pure conscience before God? As Daniel, if not, then take this moment and confess your sins. And uh, just ask God to forgive you. And he will show his forgiveness and his faithfulness to you. Number three, we must recognize the deceitful trap of the enemy. Here we see the deceitful plotting of the enemy to trap Daniel. The text does not say specifically that it was Satan who was working to trap Daniel, but we can understand that we have a spiritual enemy who is working to trap us in a compromising trap. These jealous men who were laying a trap for Daniel's feet played right in to the hands of Satan to try and get Daniel. They convinced the king that he should pass a decree that forbid anybody in the kingdom from praying to any god or man for 30 days. They knew that Daniel was so devoted to his God that he would not fail to pray as was his custom three times a day. And they all knew that he was devoted to his God, that God is Yahweh, who is our God. And they convinced the king to pass this unchangeable law. So he signed the decree without realizing their purpose in doing so. Darius himself was deceived. Even though these men were laying this elaborate plan to trap Daniel, Satan was energizing this attack on the servant of God. This reminds me of what the old apostle Peter said about Satan and about his working to trap and pick believers off through spiritual attacks. Uh, the apostle Peter said this, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Just like these men were seeking to attack Daniel, the servant of God, uh, Satan goes about looking to attack looking to devour. The Bible says, resist him, steadfast in the faith, just like Daniel, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. We've got to recognize the deceitful trap of the enemy, the attack of the enemy. The apostle Paul said the same thing, essentially that we're not fighting against flesh and blood, but against unseen spiritual forces. He said, brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles, the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. He says also in 2 Corinthians, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Beloved, you cannot put your trust in God and be born of the Spirit of God without going through spiritual warfare. It's impossible. But the weapons of war for the spiritual battle are mighty. They're powerful. Weapons of war given to us for the winning of the spiritual battle. Pray. Obey God's word. Recognize the deceitful trap of the enemy and put your confidence in God and God alone. And you'll win the day in the spiritual battle just like Daniel. Number four, we need to refuse to compromise our devotion to God. Daniel refused to compromise his faith and devotion to God. No matter what the consequences, when he heard that the decree was signed, he went right back up to his prayer room and opened the window toward Jerusalem and he knelt down and he prayed like he always did. Three times a day, he had developed a habit of praying and seeking God since his early days. And he would not stop seeking God and serving God no matter what 
the consequences were in his life. Let me tell you, church, we need to refuse to compromise. The church of today, in many ways, has compromised the purity of God's word, the purity of God's commands. And Daniel refused to compromise. It reminds me of the church of Pergamos in Revelation 2 had compromised their obedience and had fallen into the sexual immorality of the day. They held the doctrine of Balaam, which caused them to sin against God. The only remedy for them, Jesus said, was to repent, to turn away from the compromising sin that Jesus knew all too well. Daniel refused to compromise. What about you? Have you compromised what you know God has said is right in your life and right for us? Have you left your first love and settled into a compromising way with this world? Then humble your heart and repent, just like Jesus says. Turn away from your sins and take up your cross and follow Jesus. We need to be like Daniel, refuse to compromise. Number five, we must face our lines with humble confidence in God. And this is the sum total of it. Daniel put his trust in God. Daniel passed the faith test. The distraught king paced all night long, but at the crack of dawn, he went down to the lion's pit and called out, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you serve continually been able to deliver you from the lions? And to get this, a voice rises up from the lion's dungeon and the voice said, Oh, king, live forever, my God. Notice that, my God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth so that they have not hurt me because I was found innocent before him. And also, O king, I've done no wrong before you. The Bible says Daniel was taken up out of the den and no injury whatever was found on him because he believed in his God. My beloved, do you believe in God? Do you have a humble confidence in God? Do you know what God has said concerning your life? Have you trusted completely in God? We all have lines that we must face in this life. Everyone has a mountain to climb. Everyone has a fear to face. But Daniel displayed exceptional confidence in God's ability to deliver him, which God did. Do you trust God like that to deliver you? Have you prayed and asked him to shut the lion's mouth in your life? You can. Beloved, you can. And lastly, we must expect God to glorify himself and his sovereignty in our lives. The king issued a command to throw all the accusers of Daniel to the lions, and they did. And before they even reached the floor of the den, the lions had crushed them all and killed them. Then the king issued a decree that all nations, peoples in the realm must tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God and steadfast forever. His kingdom is the one which shall not be destroyed, and his dominion shall endure to the end. He delivers and rescues. And he works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth, who has delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. The king glorified God, and the Lord Jesus was glorified here. It reminds me of the South African pastor when he was going through the big faith test, Andrew Murray. He faced a terrible crisis. Gathering himself into his study, he sat a long while quietly, prayerfully, thoughtfully. His mind flew at last to his Lord Jesus. And picking up his pen, he wrote these words in his journal. First, he brought me here. It is by his will that I am here in this straight place. In that fact, I will rest. Next, he will keep me here in his love and give me grace to endure as his child. Then, he will make the trial a blessing, teaching me the lessons he intends me to learn. 
and working in me the grace he means to bestow. Last, in his good time, he can bring me out again. How and when he knows. Let me say here, I am here by God's appointment. I'm here in his keeping, under his training, for his time. Beloved, you can pass the faith test by the power of God and faith and the wonder-working power of the Lord Jesus, just like old Daniel. May God bless you all. And I look forward to sharing with you next week. Have a wonderful week. Thank you for listening to Crestview Inspiration. May this ministry touch your heart, encourage you, and strengthen you. And may the Lord bless you in your spiritual walk this week. So on behalf of the Crestview family, we invite you back next week, Friday at 10 a.m. on WPTL as we spread the good news of Jesus.